This episode is brought to you by Odd Mo's Pizza in Canby. Handmade awesome pizza plus craft beer, wine, and cider delivered. Order today at 503-263-8444 or visit them online at oddmoes.com. This episode is also brought to you by Canby Foursquare Church. Since 1978, a place to grow, connect, and serve. Sunday services on campus and online at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Learn more at canbyfoursquare.com. Welcome to Now Hear This Canby, your source for news. The threat of a possible teacher strike was avoided this week. There's a new irresistibly cute creature winning over fans, and its name is Scootaloo. Sports? It's like Lucy in the football. You want to kick a field goal, but they take it away from you. We had to learn how to win. Goal can't be in the last second of the game! And interesting conversations. Because I'm one of the strongest girls ever, and I know that for a fact. (laughs) I just really enjoy writing gossip as if I was a bear. (laughs) With an old maid daughter that makes the best moonshine in the coast. (laughs) If it would have hit me in the face, I think I would have died. I really do. I guarantee you would have died, man. Are you kidding me? Welcome to Now Hear This Can Be Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Tyler Clausen, recording from my son's nursery. And this is what's happening this week in your community. County leaders and staff, lawmakers and elected officials, state Supreme Court and circuit court judges, and community members braved frigid temperatures and persistent showers Friday morning to celebrate the official launch of the county's $313 million courthouse replacement project. The original historic courthouse was built in 1936 in downtown Oregon City when the county's population, fewer than 50,000, was a small fraction of the more than 420,000 it is today. And its size and design is not the only problem. It also lies less than three feet from a steep cliff overlooking the Willamette River and its foundation was not constructed on bedrock. The soil beneath the historic structure would liquefy if an earthquake happened, officials explained during Friday's ceremony. Construction of the replacement courthouse is scheduled for completion in 2025. This effort started more than 30 years ago, said Clackamas County Chair Tootie Smith. With the help of our state partners and the good fiscal management at the county, we are able to do this project without requiring any new taxes. Congresswoman Lori Chavez Dreamer represented Oregon's 5th District, and most of the state senators and representatives from Clackamas County attended Friday's event, as did a number of current and former staff members, commissioners, and other elected officials. A bipartisan contingent from the Oregon State Legislature has helped make the county project possible, including a $94.5 million allocation in 2022. The replacement courthouse located on the county's Red Soils campus in Oregon City will provide courthouse users with 
easy access to the county resources, including social services, behavioral health, public health, juvenile, veteran services, and a safe place family justice center. Clackamas Progress partners a consortium of organizations involved in more than 40 successful courthouse construction projects worldwide will design, construct, and maintain the replacement courthouse. When the replacement courthouse is completed, it will mark the first time in Oregon State history that a courthouse building is delivered through a public-private partnership. For photos, find this story on our website at canbefirst.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at canbecurrent. Fire District will ask voters in May special district election to consider a new higher five-year local option levy, which will allow it to hire new firefighters and emergency medical personnel and greatly increase operations for the fire and medical calls. In a February 6th open letter to community members, Canby Fire Chief Jim Davis explained the increase stems from a sharpened increase in calls for service, primarily medical emergencies that has outpaced the district's funding and staffing levels. Since voters last approved a 11 cent increase in the district's local option levy in 2015, raising it from 34 cents per $1,000 of assessed valuation to the current rate of 45 cents, emergency calls have increased 56% from 2,284 in 2014 to 3,568 in 2022. Compounding the problem, nearly half, 47% of medical calls are overlapping, meaning they happen at the same time, requiring multiple crews to be deployed throughout the community. The proposed levy rate, unanimously approved by the Canby Fire District Board of Directors in January, would represent a 50 cent increase. 95 cents per $1,000 of assessed valuation. If approved, the average homeowner would pay about $262 a year, Davis said, compared to $113 under the current levy. For tax purposes, assessed value is different and typically much lower than real market value. The levy is in addition to the district's permanent tax rate of $1.54 which cannot be raised under the Oregon law. The levy would help staff the district's new medic station 363, which opened last summer, greatly improving response times in the north side of town. If the levy increase passes, Canby Fire would be able to maintain two response teams at the main station and one at the north station 24-7, Davis said. Having three teams on duty 24-7 would help maintain fast response by reducing the need for out-of-district responders when calls overlap. The levy would ensure three firefighters-slash-medics are assigned to the North Station at all times, allowing response to both medical and fire emergencies. There would be other benefits as well, Davis explained, including providing a faster response to wildfires. 
As the May election day approaches, we promise to do our very best to provide our community with all the information you may require before voting, the chief said. We are forever grateful for your response and the opportunity to serve you. The Canby Area Chamber of Commerce has announced longtime office manager Audrey Train will serve as interim executive director while the search for a new permanent CEO continues. It's a familiar role for Train, who has served a wide variety of duties for the chamber, including picking up the slack during previous vacancies in the executive director's chair. As many of you know, Audrey has been with the chamber as the office manager for more than nine years. And she does an excellent job of covering any and all duties, Board Vice President Tina Schimp said in a February 1st email to Chamber members last week. We are confident she will do an amazing job for our members as we work on filling the position. Train is a longtime Canby area resident and graduate of Canby High School. She graduated from Oregon State University with a bachelor's degree in business with an emphasis on entrepreneurship. In an email to members this week, she shared that one of her two boys started kindergarten this year and has the same bus route she had growing up at the Canby School District. If that isn't Canby, I don't know what is, she wrote. I tell you this because Canby isn't just a city for me, it's my hometown, and I'm proud of that. I couldn't imagine my life without the chamber and the opportunities and relationships this organization has provided me. I don't just want our businesses to be fruitful. I want our community to thrive. I assure you that during this transitional period, the Chamber will continue to grow and strive to serve you, our members. Train takes the reins from Tracy Zawacki, who, with whom the board parted ways in January after less than two months in that position. The most beautiful things are always hidden, a wise man once said, and the city of Canby, in partnership with Artomatic, is taking that adage to heart this year with its new Arts in Parks program. The program, led by members of the Canby Parks and Recreation Advisory Board, encourages residents to discover and explore the city's park system in search of hidden works of art. The real art pieces donated by the Artomatic Gallery and Art Supply Store in downtown Canby will be hidden by board members each month in a different city park. The city will reveal the piece of art and the first clue to its location on the first day of the month on its website, Facebook, and Instagram pages, as well as on the Friends of the Canby Parks Facebook page. A new clue will be released each week until the artwork is found. Participants who locate the piece are encouraged to post a selfie with it using the hashtag, hashtag CambyArtsInParks. A QR code attached to the piece will give further instructions, city officials said in a press release. 
The Parks and Recreation Board has been looking for an opportunity to encourage our residents to discover and explore our wonderful parks and recreation systems, Chair Barry Johnson explained. The advisory board collaborated with Automatic owners Shelley and Eric Arndt to start up the new fun program. My husband Eric and I are honored to be a part of this very fun project, Shelley Arndt said. We are excited to be able to help bring art to the community in a unique and fun way. The program will launch on Wednesday, March 1st with the North Portland artist Kevin Caneo, who specializes in glass combing, a method of manipulating glass while it's extremely hot. For examples of Caneo's work, visit Can Yo Fuse Facebook page. Some long-awaited good news for drivers who use the busy and overrun Aurora Donald Interchange on Interstate 5. A new traffic light is now opening at the intersection of Bents and Ellen Road, signaling the completion of the first phase of a major safety improvement at the junction. The first phase, which began last year, included lengthening and widening the northbound exit 278 off-ramp to prevent backups onto I-5 construction of a sound wall along the northbound off-ramp, and the new traffic signal intended to provide brakes in traffic for drivers turning onto Ellen Road. The phase also realigned Bents Road northeast and intersection Ellen further west providing more visibility and traffic spacing for vehicles entering and exiting I-5. ODOT says it worked with local residents and businesses with the trucking industry to design the changes, which officials say will make the area safer and easier for all users, including travelers, truckers, local businesses, and agriculture, and North Marion County residents. When we at the Oregon Department of Transportation deliver a project of this magnitude, it's important for us to work with those members of the community that use that system, said ODOT Delivery and Operations Administrator Mac Lind. It's a great example of partnership with Marion County, especially as we build out the funding to make these needed improvements, but to also ensure that they meet the businesses as well as the users' needs in that area. The original interchange was built more than 60 years ago and designed to handle the traffic of that day, when its closest neighbors were a handful of quiet farms. But it soon became the home of one and then two and now three busy truck stops, as well as an RV park, and sees approximately 32,000 vehicles per day. ODOT officials admit the interchange has been over capacity at peak times for many years. The transportation agency has acknowledged it has significant safety issues and does not operate like a busy interchange should. Working with the local community, businesses, and trucking industry, ODOT launched a two-phase project. The first phase of construction, which began in 2022, delivered improvements to ease the use and safety of the interchange, as well as prepared for the future improvements. The project was originally funded at $3.4 million. House Bill 2017 from the 2017 Oregon Legislature allocated nearly $25 million more 
for a total of $28.3 million to complete planning and design for the future interchange and for construction of the first phase. Now that the first phase is complete, ODOT says it will continue designing the full diverging diamond interchange, similar to the one on I-5 in Medford. This type of interchange moves traffic efficiently in a very small footprint. Hey, Frankie, I'm going to be a little late to our next episode. I have to go to Portland for a doctor's appointment. I've been dealing with this cold and it feels like forever. So I need to just go see if I can get a prescription. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. But hey, you could probably just do a telehealth appointment, right? Rather than having to drive all the way out there. Uh, yeah, I would teleport if I could, but mm, pretty sure that hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> no, not teleport, Tyler. Telehealth. Oh. Telehealth is like the remote diagnosis and treatment of patients through the use of telecommunications tech, like, you know, like a video call. Well, yeah, it would it would actually be really nice to not have to drive all the way out there for a simple appointment like this one. Yeah. And hey, you know, telehealth uh, isn't even just about remote doctor's appointments. There's been a big boom in connected devices that can help monitor your health and track different vitals. Smartwatches these days, they can track your heart rate, calories burned during a workout, even run ECG tests and keep track of your blood oxygen levels. Plus there are devices out there that can help keep track of aging loved ones health needs like sensors that can tell when a medicine cabinet has been opened or pressure pads that tell you when they've gotten out of bed. Wow, that's all really cool. What do you do with all that health data? Well, you can track and send some of the data to your doctor, and there are even tests that can be done over the internet too, like using a digital stethoscope to examine and record a patient's heart and lung sounds during a telemedicine video call. I guess you'd need a pretty solid internet connection to make these devices talk to one another and send data back and forth, right? Yeah, you bet. Fast, consistent download and upload speeds are necessary to transfer live video and medical information. And the best option in town for reliable, secure, and fast connections are our friends at DirectLink. Visit them online at www.directlink.coop for more information or give their local team a call at 503-266-8111. Do you think they'll figure out how to do teleporting next? Because that would be cool. I'll ask them. Okay, well, we're sitting here with Dustin Paulson of Autotech Workforce Development. Hey, Dustin, how are you? Uh, very good, thank you. Good. Autotech is one of the newest members of the Canby community here on Highway 99E, sharing space with Canby Muffler. Um, tell us a little bit about what you guys do. Uh, so, we're just getting moved in. Uh, showed up on site back in September mm-hmm. and uh, had quite a bit as far as renovations to undergo and yep. a much bigger space. To move, move from into. Tigard? Was that right? Uh, or original, original location in Tualatin. Tualatin. Yeah. Okay. We started out there in 2015 as Bob's Auto Cafe. Okay, that's right. And, that's uh, right. Had a, had a whole bunch of different um, resources that we were providing, mm-hmm. uh, trying to figure it all out. And it, mm-hmm. it took 
a few years uh, to kind of hone the model, but we've got a pretty awesome model, we think, at this point. Yeah. 18-month uh, program. It's uh, 40 hours a week. We pay our students $15 an hour. Mm. They are going to have two hours a day in the classroom where we're going to cover things like automotive repair in theory, mm -hmm. but then also um, we're going to mix it up with life skills classes, um, teaching them things like professionalism, ethics, budgeting, uh, goal setting, safety, first aid, um, OSHA classes, safe classes, just the whole rigmarole mm -hmm. of stuff you come across when yeah. you start adulting. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, it's a little bit like the kind of, you know, different uh, industries and different professions do do similar things, right? Like, like hairdressers or whatever, like, mm -hmm. you, you, where you're getting hands-on experience, making money, uh, learning your trade, yep. plus providing service to yep. customers. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yep, and ultimately at, at a the, better rate often. At a much better rate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, the goal is uh, in the eighteen months that they're with us, um, they're going to have all the different variables thrown mm -hmm. at them. Yeah. Um, being as that they work on donated vehicles primarily. Yeah. That gives them the opportunity to really um, dive into all of the different repairs that yeah. you see on any given day. Yeah. Uh, it's not always just a brake job. Sometimes yeah. it's a broken something. That yeah, yeah. Requires thinking outside of the box. So yeah. they get all that here, um, and ultimately we we provide all the or take care of all the costs for getting them certified. Yeah, we, we get them certified and get them out there. Yeah, um, the the need for uh, folks in this kind of vocation is just never ending. I mean, it's just growing and growing, right? Big time. Yeah, uh, we're we're in our second decade of. Um, a reduction of force. Mm. We, we're not seeing any increase really since the 90s. Mm, in skilled mechanics. Yeah. Why is that? Uh, my personal opinion, uh, it revolves around the war. Mm. Um, right? I, I'm a vet, mm. signed up back in 2000 before 9-11. But, yeah. um, so that gave me kind of a first-hand view of the recruits coming in for yeah. the next 10 years. And there were a lot, mm -hmm. a lot of them. And yeah. I think they were the ones who would have been moving into trade positions. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, once you have that stopgap, mm -hmm. you lose that peer-to-peer -peer mentoring, mm. it becomes very difficult to get into a trade yeah. and have somebody that you have the confidence to ask those questions that you don't want to go to the boss yeah, because the boss is going to think you're stupid, even right. though that's not how it actually plays the boss out. boss might be younger world. than you or whatever, right? Yeah. You know? So just... <laughs> Losing that decade of peer-to-peer -peer yeah. has made it hard to trust yeah. that next generation. So the yeah. shops have kind of set a, a bar of five-year experience, mm. and we've watched a lot of people just leave the state yeah. in the last five, six years. You so. know, that makes a ton of sense. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that makes an awful lot of sense. And I, also, I mean, it's the technology uh, and an impact on that as well, where uh, cars are getting more complicated. Everything has a computer now. Your freaking yep. tires and your steering wheels got computers in them. And <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's hard to keep up. And electric vehicles as well uh, that's it. coming into the mix. So. Uh, we're dealing with two completely different technologies mm -hmm. once you cross over 2015. Yeah. Um, the, the microprocessor controlled um, systems yeah. are not fuse and relay anymore. Yeah. They're <laughs> microprocessor. Yeah. So teaching, you know, start point to finish point diagnostics with a microprocessor in the way, not the same. Yeah. But we've got to, we have to. Yeah. Somebody's got to teach this right. and, and get right. them in or 
five years from now, we're all who's going to fix the, the cars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously, uh, your model, you've talked about it a little bit. Uh, such a good idea. Um, it's insane that it's not, uh, you know, more people doing this. I, I know it's, it's a challenge in a lot of ways financially, and mm-hmm. why not you guys are a nonprofit. Um, tell us a little bit about, uh, maybe even a little bit more about your background, but how you kind of got into doing this, and, and you and your team kind of developed this idea and this model. Yeah, so I, the, the original founder, Dan Lacey, um, had gotten together with the board of directors back in 2013, mm-hmm. um, kind of with this vision. Mm-hmm. Um, that led to the end of 2018, yeah. where it wasn't working that good. Mm-hmm. And they, um, they asked me... Um, to you know, if it was if I was interested in an operation, were you working with them at that point? Nope, no, no, okay. just friends through friends. Okay, yeah. Um, and they they invited me to uh, sit down and yeah. ask me if it was something I'd be interested in. With my military background, my leadership training, mm-hmm. my decade and a half in automotive as a diagnostic uh, drivability tech. Um, all of the pieces of my life seemed to be a good fit for this. And yeah. so um, with a heart of service, I said, why not? I mm. uh, gave it a, about a week yeah. walking around and kind of looking at the, the books and looking at the model and mm-hmm. got to a place where I said, we need to trim all this fat and we yeah. need to dial that in. And I think people will get behind it. And so yeah. 2020, um, we really built our our curriculum, our mm-hmm. classroom stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we got it, um, arrangements made with the ASE Education Foundation to make sure everything we were doing was in alignment with with their certification expectations yeah. and got that done. And we've, uh, yeah, just been, mm. just been going for it. That yeah. was really the final piece was getting rid of the, the extra, you know, retail t-shirts and yeah. coffee mug type thing and just really giving our extra energy to the teaching aspect um, and making a, a real curriculum and yeah. that we have now. So, yeah. Yeah. and with our big new space and we got a classroom on site and we got everything we need here, mm. um, it's exciting. Yeah, yeah. May I ask, um, were you a mechanic in the military? Yeah, I was a helicopter crew chief. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so different different type of engine. <laughs> different engine, different chassis, but ultimately, yeah. I, I similar, really learned similar. my uh my my how to look at a problem mechanically through mm. through that. Yeah. Yeah. You go up in the air and have a problem. Yeah. And what about the aspect of of leading and teaching? I imagine you draw on quite a bit from that as well, from your military experience or not? Yeah, I, I do. Mm-hmm. Um Right, coming out of the military, while in the military, you have a constant observation mm-hmm. of those who are below you, mm-hmm. and every 90 days you're doing peer counselings, and so you need to be able to review their work. Yeah. And so constantly, you know, building it into our minds, and so when we have to sit down for three days and write it all out, we, yeah. it's in there. So observing um, my workers is just kind of programmed yeah uh, along with that the fact that they're working in an atmosphere where i you know it's based on what they're being taught yeah it there's a lot of room for corrections and so sure that leadership piece taught me how to step in when to step in yeah yeah so, yeah it's yeah. good how do we get from uh to all 10 to can uh so property management in tualatin 
changed mm -hmm. and that change brought with it um, kind of a cleaning of house mm -hmm. of the park and yeah so with 40 days notice we 40 days 40 days wow uh week before thanksgiving oh 2020 good timing <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> yes like, no you kidding. just keep adding on to it oh my god <laughs> five years of growth our per our best mm. year by the numbers and yeah we have to leave yeah um so we packed it all up and ultimately i found everybody that was working for us or in the program yeah. jobs and, yeah uh, hired realtors and yeah we set out to find our new shop yeah four months later we found this very small shop in oak grove that's right but that was all we could get yeah so we took it yeah and in 2000 square feet we kind of you know breathed through a straw yeah uh for 20 months and um, then this place became available and yeah we weren't feeling real permanent in oak grove yeah um but we were not making a lot of money either so yeah we're, your options are only equal to your finances. Yeah. And uh, the Lord just really opened it up mm. all at once. And this became available. And, yeah. Um, we were able to fundraise and, and do what we needed to do to, to make the move. And Yeah. So here we are. Hopefully this is, you know, finality for Auto Tech Workforce Development's headquarters. Mm -hmm. Two years from now, we'll go open up another shop in Hillsborough and you know expand the program grow. but we'll, we'll, we'll be here forever yeah yeah um I, I mean not being a mechanic not being obviously enmeshed in this world like you are but being a, a big you know i love canby and uh know, know the history here in the community uh, fairly well at least i like to think so um it feels like a great fit you're right on highway 99e uh but canby has that kind of culture uh, uh in a lot of ways of the uh, we go. We got a lot of mechanics, obviously here. A lot of um, a lot of auto parts uh, and auto repair places, auto shops, mm -hmm. um, and also just the agricultural aspect. A lot of yeah. guys who know how to pull a wrench and things like that, right? I mean, yeah. do you kind of feel that cultural fit with Canby? Uh, I agree. Yeah, uh, I, I too have a heart for Canby. My grandfather lived here for a mm -hmm. long, long time, and I yeah. just, you know. All my roots are in Oregon City. I'm not far away. Yeah. But just the people, the culture, um, the opportunity to have real genuine conversations with yeah. people, love it. Yeah. Uh, the fact that we're surrounded by the farms and the mm -hmm. agriculture, these type of people can't Uber yeah. a tractor. Right. right? They, can't, <laughs> they can't Uber their yeah. whatever it may be, their yeah. delivery van, yeah. to get the flowers to where yeah. they need to go and... And so they're much more dependent on their vehicles and yeah. much more dependent on their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I think that is uh, what makes it a good fit. Right. Is that is people doing people stuff. Right. Um, just trying to live. And, yeah. And we're here, you know, thinking there's people that right. want to do people stuff, but right. they don't know how. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to pay them. Yeah. To yeah. Learn how. yeah, and that's got to be very rewarding in a lot of ways. Where I mean, obviously, any any time you're able to help someone, but to to help someone uh, make a living, right, or to help yeah. someone, um, yeah, uh, kind of better their their situation. Yeah. Uh, that's it. That's why we you know take the automotive stuff and and go beyond that mm. and try to make it a much more holistic approach yeah. to you know what is a career professional. What skills do they need? Mm -hmm. Well, there's more than just their their career skills. Yeah, they, they need adult skills. Yeah, right. Yes, yep. Some Adulting. of them 
seem easy to just say out loud, but yeah. until you put it into practice, mm-hmm. and then you do put it into practice, and you're like, well, this actually works. Yeah. This is like a tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I also just want to ask, uh, you know, sitting here in your uh, lovely new lobby, um, it's not like uh, in your face, but there's some obvious kind of references to uh, the faith piece that um, is obviously really important to what you guys do here. Can you talk about that oh, a little bit, how that inter- enters into what happens here at Auto Tech? Well, so truth be told, the organization was, um, was thought up by a group of like-minded Christian men. Um, who recognized that they had been blessed in life um, with their variety of different skills and resources and and thought that it'd only be right to use those and pay it forward. Um, as Bob's Auto Cafe transitioned into Auto Tech Workforce Development, um, the, the blessings looking back over Bob's Auto Cafe's five years um, were clear. It wasn't easy. But the the provision was there, and the people's lives that were touched and changed was there. And so they we stayed committed to honoring the Lord mm-hmm. and and His commands of us mm-hmm. that we um, you know walk humbly with the Lord and uh, act justly mm-hmm. and and commit to um, our neighbors mm-hmm. and their well being. So. Uh, yeah, I can't think of any any different way to um, identify um, my my new heart and my new life than to help those that I come in contact with. And the, the board of directors, as well as Anne and Bo out in the shop, we're mm-hmm. we're all followers of the Lord. He's yeah. he's touched each and every one of us in a unique way, mm-hmm. and and given of given us hearts to to want to serve those around us. So. Yeah. Um, we, it is on display, mm-hmm. but when we're here, we're here teaching automotive. Yeah. Um, we are the example. Yeah. Um, you're going to hear, you know, the Lord's name here and there. Yeah. Thank yous and, yeah. and amens, but we're definitely not having Bible studies. It's not a, a church ministry. Yeah. It, it's an automotive teaching school. Yeah. It's um, been put together by... Um, people who believe in Jesus and, mm. and, and truly want to um, be an example of what our actions should look like. Mm. Mm. That's very cool. I love that. Um, I'd love to have you just show me around a little bit, but uh, before we do that, just real quick, uh, what are some of the kind of where are you guys at now as far as your needs and, and the ways the community can help? Are you looking for students? Are you looking for potentially financial support? What, what are some of the best ways that the community right now can be of assistance to help what you guys are doing? Well, thank you for that question. Yeah. Um, it's... Why don't you start with that one right now? No, no, no. <laughs> never start with that one. It'll, it'll load the whole interview. Yeah, there you go. Um, well, the model's built on three revenue opportunities. Yeah. Uh, number one is the donated cars. Yeah. And when the community donates a car, um, the students... First hand, they're getting that, you know, mm-hmm. the the restor not the restoration, the refurbishing mm-hmm. of the car and all the repairs it need, needs. We resell it back to the public, mm-hmm. and that covers, um, you know, the costs on the repair, but then also helps to pay the students. Um, fleet work, fleet mm-hmm. management mm-hmm. is is another significant piece, um, and that's the second phase of their shop work. They'll they'll get 
to move from cars that we have onto a little bit more liability. Yep. Um, and then ultimately the final stage is public service. Mm. Um, right. Once they hit that year, now we turn the temperature up a little bit more. In the mouth. Yeah. yeah. And now there, there's a little bit more of a time crunch. Mm -hmm. um, people still don't get their cars back real fast, but um, given the environment. But uh, so those are the three revenues through service. Mm -hmm. um, we are a 501c3. Yeah. Uh, we're absolutely always accepting donations. Yeah. Um, we right now we're not um, we're not in bad shape. Yeah. But we have some growth opportunities that we can't hit until we mm. acquire some more funding. Yeah. And so in in due time, I think those things will happen. But um, generous donations are always welcome. Yeah. And uh, ultimately, the last the last piece would be through our um, community partners. Okay. That are going to be able to help us through in kind donations. Mm. Yeah. Um, the gentleman up the street at the uh, computer store mm -hmm. has already been awesome. Mm. He's, he's already helped us out in a couple different times and awesome. seen where we're at and in transition. He's, he's done it in kind, mm -hmm. and that's just that's been a huge benefit also. So yeah. um, everything helps. Yeah. Thank very, you. Very cool. All right. Uh, let's have a look around. Thanks, Dustin. Yeah. Tyler, did you know that the Australian lyrebird can mimic any sound that it hears, even chainsaws? No, that's uh, super interesting. Did you know that a baby puffin is called a puffling? Uh, or no. that baby sea otters can't swim, so their moms wrap them up in pieces of kelp until they learn how to paddle? Wait, do you know any trivia that isn't like animal related? Not really, but here's some stuff you may not know about the Wild Hair Saloon, where Camby goes to eat and have fun. Okay. The Wild Hair is one of Camby's longest running locally owned restaurants. Owners Joan and Darren Moden have been in business for 16 years. That's cool. Yep. Heck, you were just a baby back then. I, and, wait, what? And they love to give back. They've been members of the Camby Chamber for that long, and they donate over $20,000 to local sports, FFA programs, and civic organizations each year. Wow, I'm legitimately like caught off. That's cool. Yeah. They also support more than 30 jobs in the community through their award-winning staff, some of them as young as 18. Hey, that's older than you are. Uh, dude, I'm I'm 10 months younger than you. With, with the days getting longer and the weather getting warmer, the Canby Wild Hair's expansive outdoor patio is the place to be. Furry friends, welcome. Well, that sounds great. I'm going to go check them out just off of Highway 99E next to the Space Age in Canby at 1656 Beaver Creek Road in Oregon City or on their website at thewildhairsaloon.net. Oh, wow, this is great. Right. Yeah. So ultimately, with the program rolling full-time, uh -huh. um, we would be enrolling new students in pairs okay. every four months. Okay. So we'd have uh, two, four, six mm -hmm. students 
in the classroom at any given time. Yep. Right? Once they hit a year, their classroom time is over. Yeah. They've managed the 52 weeks of classroom study, and now we're just doing testing. So, yeah. The, the, the most veteran or senior students are going to be out of here within a year. So, mm-hmm. to come in, the block of instruction is always rotating. Yeah. Or start back at the beginning. It doesn't yeah. matter where you're at. Just come in on day yeah. one and for that block and yeah. move on through. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. So, yeah. classroom, very... Um, this is exciting for me. It is, yeah. Did you not have dedicated classroom space at your other... Ever. No. Yeah. We, we went and rented one a mile away. Yeah. So... Not as helpful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then an amazing bookkeeping room or the back office, which yeah. we've also never had. Yeah. So having a space where our accountant can sit down and yeah. have access to everything and not be running like, well, the filing cabinet is over there. Yeah. So... Yeah. Shop. And then into the shop. Where the magic happens. Yeah. yeah. And we are magic happening right now. You're still going on that? There's a on pushing around. Nice. So this is the, the current project. We've been here four months. Yeah. And because of engineering changes mm-hmm. and planning and zoning and permitting. Yep. We had to put, like, some freaking bridge anchors in the ground for our car lifts. Okay. We've got all the concrete work done. They look great. (laughs) We've got all of our special glue and our special everything. And they're being... This has got to be exciting to you, too. Oh, this is really exciting. (laughs) I see a lot of work left to be done out here. Yeah. Um, But, it, yeah, the end result, I think, is going to be huge. So before these lifts were in, you guys are on the, the cold cement... Every day. Jacking up these cars. Yeah, wow. Uh, whatever it takes to get an education. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, we've got quite quite a bit of space, right? Yeah. All, all of this is our What flats. is the square footage in here? 8,600. Okay. So, how's it going, guys? Winning? This is Tanyuan and Hassan. Hey, guys. You guys are both uh, receiving that education. You guys must be excited about the lifts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yep, yep, yes, sir. Winning, though? Everything's good so far? Yes, I think so. And this, this little back room here is one of those aspiring growth opportunities. But yep. We've got all this space. Mm-hmm. And I have a, a buddy who just retired out of uh, machine cylinder heads. Yeah. For the last, well, since 86. Yeah. Machining shop, in here. Yeah, machine shops have been shutting down. Yeah. And it's such a huge need also. Yeah. Right? Different kind of mindset. Yeah. But if I can take a student and have a machine shop back here, where yeah. it's just another stream of revenue. It's yeah. another need in the automotive and world. And that's making making parts or uh, fixing it's, parts? It's reconditioning um, engine components. So okay. the cylinder head... When you have a head gasket fail, yeah. the, the cylinder head has to come off. We got to resurface that yeah. that um, cylinder head, so you you know new surface with new gaskets, everything's yeah. happy. Uh, well, the price on cylinder head work has doubled yeah. since COVID. Yeah, and the majority of cars we get donated are donated with need, need bad that. head gaskets yeah, need that. Yeah. or broken timing belts, and so 
Uh, our cost on that before was about $400, and now it's $800. Yeah. So that's just revenue that's going somewhere else yeah. and training that is needed yeah. because the machine shops don't have replacements. Canby Machine Shop, Yeah. he went through three kids over the course of four or five years yeah. before he said, I'm done, and just retired. They shut it down. Yeah. Because he couldn't find a replacement. Yeah. So yeah. it's about 20000 yeah. In equipment. Yeah. And my buddy, um, he lives in Oregon City, very yeah. close. He's been here. He's the one who said, you need to put a machine shop back here. I yeah. said, Dan, I need a teacher. I need a teacher, yeah. And he said, I'll teach. Yeah. So I was like, well, will you donate the equipment too? Yeah. He said, no. <laughs> so yeah. that's in the works. But okay. In due time. Cool, cool. Um, cool, cool. But yeah, that'll be a, a big... Another one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, really, I mean, that's a critical piece, I think, in the minds yeah. yep. of how it works. Yep. So not everybody is a machinist. Yep. But, like that young man right there. Yeah. I think he would be... Future machinist right here. He'd be right killing here. it in the yeah. machine shop. Yeah. yeah. He's working on something there. Oh, vacuum, vacuum died. Vacuum yeah. <laughs> So what started out? What started out? Oh yeah, I think there's a, a fuse in here. Allegedly, there is a fuse in there. Oh, in there? Yeah. Oh, you're not gonna find it in there. So he's just having the fun. Guy yeah. Tearing it apart. Yeah. Yeah. Waiting on me. Yeah. That's what the guy said. Yeah. He, he I, believe he, he, I believe you. I believe you. That's just the breezeway going out. So. Yeah. This is fantastic. Right. Uh, I think once we hit. Uh, if we can hit our growth goals and, and you know, I think we can do probably 70 at full operating speed and full Clients. production. We yeah. can do probably 70% of our needed revenue mm. um, yeah. at 10 students. Yeah. So we're not there yet. Yeah. Um, enrollments come at a cost of about 5,000 yeah. um, increase. To our, our monthly. Yeah. And so each next two students, I have to either see mm -hmm. that the, the revenue's there right. or make it up some other way. And ultimately, with all we've got, um, minus the machine shop component, yeah, I think we can get to six students shouldering it all. Yeah. Do the students uh, not pay for their Nothing. program? Yeah. We pay them. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So, That's rare, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty unheard of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty unheard of. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, enrollments. I have eleven mm. folks who have already requested access yeah. to the program. Okay, I, I've had to let everybody know enrollments are on clients. hold. Yeah, um, yeah. need the revenue. Yeah, I hate yeah. to hate to get into that awkward spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, but we had our bet. We, our December here. Mm was better than every month in Oak Grove. Mm. Every wow. month. Yeah. Without donation help. Yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. I got high. Cool. Cool. Uh, well, and and you you're still uh, people are just starting to find out about you. So I think that's just going to yep. going to go up uh, uh, exponentially. So awesome. Well, thanks for showing me around. I think it's so much time to talk to you. Um, yeah, this is fantastic and we wish you all the best in what you're doing here. I appreciate you.
Hey, I'm AJ. I'm your uh, local Oddmos franchise owner. I'm Mike, co-founder of Oddmos. And we're the hosts of The Odd Pod, a podcast about life in the pizza industry. We're going to have on some franchisees. We're going to have some different vendors on. We're going to get a snapshot of what goes on behind the scenes in the, the pizza world. Don't forget to tell them about the sports. They're sports. And the crazy wacky pizza that we have every Wednesday that we create. And we also have a special guest every week as well. And I'm Gage, Odd Pod senior sports analyst. Gage, who gave you that title? Me. Oh boy. Find us on Spotify and Apple Music and the Podbean. Now Hear This Can Be is produced by me, Tyler Clausen. Our content director and star reporter is Tyler Frankie. And of course, our show is edited by Cameron Clausen. We also feature the vocal talents of Joy Struby and James Walden. So a round of applause to them. The song that you're hearing right now is Can Be by singer-songwriter Olivia Harms, used with her permission. To find more work from her, you can visit her website, olivia13.com. Now Hear This Can Be is dedicated to preserving independent local journalism and redefining local news with our fun, fresh, and energetic brand of storytelling. Our sincere thanks to our local sponsors who make this show possible. Please show your appreciation by supporting the small businesses who support us. The production of Now Hear This Studios, Canby's locally owned full-service audio, video, and media production company. Our mission is to produce the best content in the universe. And we'd love to help you do it. Find us online at nhtstudios.com. Um, I will take a motion to adjourn. I just moved it. I didn't even ask for it, though.